Hi, I'm Rasa Kay. I'm talking with Dr. Paul Burns. He is the attending cardiothoracic surgeon and the chair of the Department of Surgery at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Burlington County. We are talking about cardiac surgery at Deborah in 2017 and beyond. So, Dr. Burns, what are the common heart operations, if you can ever call a heart operation common, performed in 2017 now? Uh, the most common heart operations that are done in the country and at Deborah continue to be traditional open-heart surgery, which mainly consists of coronary bypass surgery and valvular heart surgery. Um, there is also aortic surgery to fix aneurysms and tears of the aorta as it comes out of the heart. However, with the advances in techniques and, and less invasive procedures, open heart, opening the chest cavity, isn't as necessary as it used to be? Uh, correct. You know, this is a very exciting time in medicine and especially in heart surgery. A new technology has come out that has really allowed us to treat patients in less invasive and safer ways. Uh, one of the major advances in the past several years has been TAVR, or what is transcatheter replacement of an aortic valve. And it has allowed us to replace aortic valves in very elderly patients and patients who are just too ill for traditional surgery. Advances in TAVR uh, continue, and now we're actually using this technology to replace valves in patients who are lower risk, people that may be 80 or older, or um, they're patients that we call intermediate risk. And uh, these patients used to be treated with traditional surgery with an incision on the chest. And now we're able to do this uh, just through a small needle stick in their leg. And a patient, rather than staying in the hospital for a week and having a four or six week recovery period once they get home, uh, they are only in the hospital for two to three days and within a week are back to doing all of the things that they want to do, whether it's walking with their family, playing golf. Um, it really is uh, outstanding technology. And the advances continue, and in the future, um, the clear majority of aortic valves will be just replaced using this technology. Well, let's talk about exactly what that means. You say a pinprick, but it's not quite that minimal. Uh, actually, it is. It is just a needle stick, and there is no incision at all. So with minimally invasive surgery, when we do open-heart surgery here at Deborah, we try and use the smallest incisions possible, but there still is an incision when we have to uh, go into the chest itself. The nice thing about transcatheter technology, it's like having a stent placed in one of your arteries. There is no incision at all. And in the future, there's going to be new techniques that come down the path, and the replacement of mitral valves and the repair of mitral valves will be able to be performed this way. And that, again, is another exciting advance. And again, that's why this is such an exciting time in heart surgery right now. Well, when we talk about TAVR and the trans-arterial and catheter-based procedures, where are they coming in and how are you getting them to the heart? When we perform a TAVR operation, it's a needle stick in an artery in the leg, usually up by the groin, and using x-ray, we're able to guide that wire and those catheters around the artery, around in the aorta, and actually cross into the heart and replace the valve using just x-ray as a guide and also we use um, echocardiography as a guide also but we're actually operating on the heart from the leg and again that is done with no incision at all 
When you say you're using x-ray as a guide, that seems like a lot of x-ray exposure. Uh, it can be, uh, but the technology has gotten so much better that it's less and less exposure to radiation compared to how, how these um, techniques were done in the past. What is the experience like for the patient with TAVR today? TAVR has become more routine. A year ago, or even two years ago, when you had a TAVR performed, you were completely asleep. You were on a ventilator. Um, it was under what we call general anesthesia. Uh, today, we're doing two out of three patients with just a little bit of sedation. Uh, they are not on a breathing machine. And especially for elderly patients, this has become a much safer way and, again, a much quicker recovery. And uh, overall, the procedure has become even safer. And, and when we were first talking about this the last couple of years, not everyone was a candidate. People who are candidates for TAVR today are people who are high risk for regular surgery or what we call intermediate risk. And we have some formulas that we can estimate what somebody's risk of not surviving open heart surgery is. And an intermediate risk patient is someone who has a 3% chance or higher of not surviving traditional open heart surgery or the recovery from open heart surgery. Right now, TAVR can be applied to almost half of people uh, who are having heart surgery because they are either intermediate risk or higher risk. There are trials going on now that are looking at using this technology in low-risk patients, and we will have that answer in another probably two years. Heart surgery, like uh, many complex procedures in, in life, the, the more that a team performs these procedures, the better they get, the better the outcomes, the, the uh, better care is provided for the patient, the shorter recovery. The TAVR program has been highly successful at Debora. Uh, it's been in existence for almost four years and has performed uh, over 300 of these procedures and with outstanding results. Are other valves replaceable using a catheter? The one other heart valve that can be replaced is the pulmonic valve. Uh, it's not a common valve that someone needs to have surgery on, but uh, at Deborah, we've replaced our first pulmonic valve using transcatheter technology. Coming down the road will be new valves that can uh, replace a mitral valve or even the tricuspid valve. That technology is still about five years away. I don't think I've ever, in all the time I've been talking with you good people here, I've ever heard of anyone refer to the pulmonic valve. What kind of problem is that? How does that present? What, what's the issue there? Well, there are four valves in the heart. We hear uh, mainly about the aortic valve and the mitral valve because those are the most common valves to have issues with that need surgery to fix them or replace them. The pulmonic valve and the tricuspid valve are on the other side of the heart. They are not subjected to as high pressure, so they generally do not wear out as frequently as the valves on the left side of the heart. Uh, the pulmonic valve, like any valve, can either leak too much or it can become narrowed down. Uh, at Deborah, we see a lot of patients who had heart surgery as a child for uh, some congenital abnormalities. And once those valves have been fixed as a child, it's not unusual to need to have subsequent surgery on that pulmonic valve. Other reasons that someone may need their pulmonic valve operated on is if it gets infected. It is a valve, though, for some reason that it's very rare for it to become infected. So what other kinds of minimally invasive procedures are performed through the small incisions at Deborah? Minimally invasive surgery or 
surgery through a small incision uh, is used at Debora for patients who need valve surgery. We can fix mitral valves, either repairing them or replacing them through a small incision on the right side of the chest. Uh, we also replace aortic valves through a small incision at the upper part of the chest. And both of these operations are, are performed through about a three-inch incision. There also is new technology that we're using to perform some uh, coronary bypass surgery uh, through a small incision on the left chest, and we're able to do that without placing the patient on the heart and lung machine, which, again, makes the operation safer. Not only do you avoid the big incision and having to divide the breastbone, but you also avoid the heart and lung machine. I'm Rasa Kay, and I'm talking with Dr. Paul Burns, attending cardiothoracic surgeon and the chair of the Department of Surgery at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Burlington County. And we are discussing cardiac surgery at Deborah in 2017 and beyond. So changes in, in heart surgery that you're expecting in the next few years? The main improvement is going to be the development of additional transcatheter techniques. Mitral valve surgery will be performed using these techniques, and it's going to be able to expand mitral valve surgery to patients now who are too ill, too sick to have these procedures done, and it will make them all much safer. In heart surgery, other developments are for heart failure, which is if your heart is not pumping blood well, whether it's due to a weak muscle or very severe valve problems, sometimes you just need a new muscle, a new heart. And transplantation of hearts is one solution to this, but there are very few organs or hearts available for transplantation. And technology that we call uh, VADs or ventricular assist devices, which can replace the function of the failing heart, um, are going to be implanted at Tabora. And this technology continues to improve. The devices get smaller, they last longer, there's less risk of clotting with those devices. So this is an exciting area in cardiac surgery and will only expand as time progresses. Um, other areas of heart surgery besides the traditional valve and coronary bypass surgery uh, will include some types of arrhythmia surgery. The most common arrhythmia in the United States is what we call atrial fibrillation, which is a sort of almost a quivering of that atrium. And long-term, this is very damaging to the heart. The other risk with atrial fibrillation is that a clot can form in that chamber of the heart that's fibrillating or quivering. And if a piece of that clot breaks off and goes to your brain, that causes a stroke. And, you know, 1% of patients in atrial fibrillation will have a stroke each year. And that's why we treat these patients with blood thinners. And Blood thinners, unfortunately, have their own problems, their own side effects, uh, mainly bleeding. We like to try and avoid blood thinners, especially in elderly patients, whenever possible. At Debora, there's new technology to try and exclude that part of the atrium. That's the most common spot for a clot to form. Uh, this is the so-called watchman procedure that can be performed with a catheter or if at the time of surgery that we're fixing um, another part of the heart, we can actually just remove that part of that chamber of the heart so that there is less risk of clot forming. And again, to make this all safer for patients, hopefully to avoid anticoagulation. There are other procedures done to try and keep people in a normal heart rhythm to try and cure the atrial fibrillation. And it's often a combination of medications and ablation procedures. And we're starting to find that the 
the highest success with uh, ablation procedures are doing a combined procedure where an electrophysiologist, a cardiologist who deals with heart rhythm disorders, is able to go through usually through a vein in the leg and go up to the heart and try and ablate those pathways, those electrical pathways or short circuits that are causing the atrial fibrillation. But we have found that as surgeons, we're able to do a similar technique through the outside of the heart, and we're able to use a bit more electrical energy or ultrasound energy uh, to ablate these pathways. And uh, with advances in technology, we're able to do this through a one-inch incision beneath the ribs. And this combination of surgeons and electrophysiologists working together uh, really is the best way to cure atrial fibrillation and avoid the long-term effects of heart damage that atrial fibrillation causes and to minimize the chance of clot forming and of, of strokes occurring. I want to break down that whole notion of working alongside the electrophysiologists and, and kind of on the inside and the outside. Is this a procedure or a combination of procedures done at the same time and you're all together? It actually could be done at, at the same time. Usually uh, the equipment is in the operating room and over in the electrophysiology lab. So it would move the patient from one area to the to the other. But we found it's just safer to stage the different procedures, usually about a month in between. Your heart has its own plumbing system, which are the arteries on the outside of the heart that uh, supply the blood to the heart muscle itself. The heart also has its own valves that help keep the blood that it's pumping uh, flowing in one direction. Uh, But the heart has to do this pumping of blood through the body in a very coordinated way. It's sort of like a grabbing a, a baseball. You're, all your fingers have to work in the same coordinated fashion. And for the heart to beat or to contract and squeeze blood in a coordinated fashion requires an electrical signal that travels through the heart so that the heart, all those heart muscle cells squeeze at the same time so that the heart can uh, pump blood. It's not unusual, especially as people get older in life, for uh, some of that wiring to go away. Um, you, it's almost like the insulation coming off the wires and the, some short circuits occur. And as I mentioned, atrial fibrillation is the most common disorder, and that gets treated with medications and uh, sometimes these ablation procedures. And the best treatment for anyone um, is a team of physicians working together. And electrophysiologists are um, cardiologists who have done uh, additional training and education in this field of electrophysiology. And heart surgeons and electrophysiologists working together can often come up with the best plan to treat an individual patient. And this multidisciplinary meeting of different fields also uh, works in our um, TAVR program because that is interventional cardiologists and surgeons working together um, and everyone is bringing to the table sort of their skill set and again these multidisciplinary meetings where where we sit and review uh, patients and their tests allow us to really recommend Uh, the ideal treatment for each patient. And this is one of the um, nice things and the strengths really about Deborah is the multidisciplinary cooperation. What's got you excited in terms of the future of cardiac surgery? The explosion of transcatheter 
technology is really exciting. I mean, uh, heart surgery went through many years where things were not done in a different way. And now every year we're doing things differently. And it's exciting as a career because you continue to learn new things and um, develop new techniques. Heart surgery, in addition to transcatheter technology, uh, the new developments really are going to be the treatment of heart failure with assist devices to relieve the organ shortage because we can't transplant enough hearts into people with heart failure. And the advances in treatment of heart dysrhythmias is exciting. Aortic surgery also continues to become more and more minimally invasive as new stent technology improves. Um, we're having to open people through big incisions less and again, all these procedures that can be done through small incisions or no incisions promise to make recovery shorter and survival better. If you have been diagnosed with, with a heart problem that requires advanced treatment, why demand Deborah? Well, Deborah is one of the few hospitals in the country that is devoted solely to cardiovascular care. The only thing that we really do at Deborah is heart care, and lung care. And we have to do it well because it's all we do. And the physicians, the nurses at Deborah are dedicated to cardiovascular care. Uh, we apply the latest technology, the latest advances. We conduct research into uh, developing future treatments. And really, no, no one does cardiovascular care better than Deborah. The nice thing about being a patient at Deborah, other than getting their good care, is, is the level of compassionate care that they get. Since Deborah is small, every nurse, every physician that works at Deborah is involved.